so many people set the the bar really high and they think like you know they 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 set it so high that they end up setting themselves up for failure and so just realizing that it doesn't have to all be black and white that you can just do your best every day do your best everyone's fighting a battle that you can't see I am James and welcome to Focus For You. In this podcast, I will give you tips to overcome the challenges that we all battle with. challenging myself to dig deeper into my current set of knowledge like today's show uh, has a friend Yes, I can say this person is a friend, um, and I really enjoy talking with her. She has given me some great insight and some great direction in my life and the things that I should be doing, not only with my personal life, but with my nutrition as well. Uh, I was so excited when she had said yes. Um, I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode and to uh, talk and reach out to Danielle for any questions that she has. So. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. So here it is. So I've um, been a part of a great experience uh, working with this current guest. And uh, she has blessed me by coming on to my show. Uh, I called her or texted her a few weeks back saying, I'm starting a podcast. I need you to be on here. And, uh, and she amazingly said yes and uh i want to thank you danielle for uh being here with me today oh james my pleasure i i truly miss seeing you on a regular basis so what what a good excuse to be able to chat with you for an hour <laughs> yeah i couldn't i couldn't think of any better excuse than to sit here and uh, be able to talk right before christmas so Aww. i appreciate you taking the time and uh sitting down with me and uh uh, I just, I was been, I've been, I do think about you, uh, you and my father share the same birthday. So it's just, it's kind of a common bond. So I kind of like think of you on the same day and I want to reach out. I totally forget to reach out and say happy birthday, but, um, I do think about you. So, but, um, Thanks. seeing as that, that birthday is coming past and we haven't talked in a while. So tell me what you're doing now. So, well, James, as you know, um, I've been a nutritionist for many years now, and that's how James and I know each other, is that I had a subcontracting position with James's mother, who was absolutely lovely to work for, for about two years, and that was at a big corporation, and she runs a wellness center there, and I was the nutritionist in the wellness center, but um, it was a part-time gig, and it... Um, my second year working with James's mother, I was uh, also taking a functional medicine course with the Cresser Institute for uh, Evolutionary and Functional Medicine. So as that was ending, um, I had a client, a local client who I've had for the past several years, message me. It was actually, ironically enough, it was when I was on my way to work and she said, hey, there's this... Uh, online functional medicine uh, chiropractor named Dr. Chalkers, and he is looking for a functional nutritionist. She said, I think you should apply. 
And I was like, whoa, like this is kind of crazy because I'm just finishing up my course. And I had just thought to myself recently, since I was ending the near of the co- ending the near of the end of the course, that um, you know, I wanted to sort of switch it up in, in my career because I had, you know, learned a whole new scope of tools that was totally different than what I was doing, you know, with your mom. And sure. so it was all just, you know, very very, um, very timely. And so I, you know, have been working with drjockers.com for nearly a year and a half now. So I'm his online functional nutritionist. I, That's awesome. It's really cool, James. I can't tell you every day I wake up. And, That's amazing. And I'm like, so thankful for my job. I work at home. So I'm a lot, I, I live part-time in Western Massachusetts and part-time in the Portland, Maine area with my partner. So I'm, I'm back and forth and, and this allows me to have a very flexible schedule. I work with people all over the world and help them with their digestive issues, their autoimmune issues, hormonal issues, stress issues, sleep issues, you know, you name it. Um, I've got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 so, I'm so happy for you. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you're having the success that you that you and I have talked about on many levels. So I'm just really, really, really happy for you. So and Thank it's great you. to hear this. Thank you. Yeah. So loving what I do. And, um, you know, I interpret lab results, whether they're stool, whether they're blood, whether we're looking at micronutrient deficiency. So like I said, it's a whole different ballgame of what I was doing with your mom. And I, I'm just super enjoying it. So how does one go from a nutritionist to uh, what is it you're doing now? Um, yeah, it's called functional functional medicine, functional nutrition. Functional medicine. Yeah, yeah functional nutrition. So uh, you know, so what is it? So I'm not a doctor, right? So I I, yeah. I took this course with many doctors, but there were also some people who were nurse practitioners, who were uh, other nutritionists, some dietitians, um, some. Uh, what are they called? Uh, physician's assistants. So, you know, the, the course w- it encumbered a lot of different uh, professions. So um, what I do is functional medicine is it looks at the underlying cause of what is creating your symptoms. So if you go to a regular doctor, and again, I'm not a doctor, um, but if you go to a regular doctor, they probably spend you know, eight to 12 minutes with you. And I think, you know, Chris Kresser is the man I studied with and he has all these really cool statistics and he talks about, I think it's uh, within 10 seconds, you're interrupted. <laughs> you know, wow. you and I just talked about being interrupted. So, yep. Wow. So, you know, these doctors, unfortunately, like it's, it's not their fault, but they're not really looking at the underlying cause of what's going on with people and their diseases. They're just treating the symptoms and, you know, a part of functional medicine is wanting to obviously alleviate the symptoms, but our main issue is trying to figure out where those symptoms are coming from and try to fix the problem from the root cause. Um, so meanwhile, you know, we do help out with symptoms and we want to make you feel better, but we keep digging. We don't just give a medication that's going to mask the symptoms. We actually keep digging and say, wait, so you've got this hypothyroidism. And, you know, I don't think it's just because your thyroid's not working anymore. Like I think it might have to do with maybe you have heavy metals, maybe you have pathogenic bacteria, you know, it's the list can go on and on, but um, we're detectives. We're totally detectives, and we just we don't really let up until we figure out where it's coming from. Wow. So um, I can't help but to think about root causes and how do you do some of that uh, detective work? How what's your process of like, uh, you know, this works, but this doesn't work, or this n- none of this works, so we have to go down this road. Yeah. Do you have any examples? Yeah. So for example, you know, sometimes people will come to me with obvious digestive symptoms. And is that the most common? Is that the most common thing for you? Digestive? It's pretty damn huge. It's pretty huge. You know, okay. if you think about all the all people right. who are diagnosed with IBS these days, it's like one out of three people. It's something crazy. So um, yeah, I would say digestive issues are probably the biggest of my uh, client list, I would say. So you know, we, we obviously have to test, um, because if we're going to try to find the underlying cause, 
you need science to show you what is causing it. So we do these comprehensive stool tests. I run, my favorite one to run is called the GI MAP test, and that's by Diagnostic Solutions. So that's looking at pathogenic bacteria. It's looking at uh, commensal or opportunistic bacteria. It's looking at your good bacteria. It's looking at um, possible autoimmune trigger bacteria, yeast and fungal markers, virus markers, um, parasitic markers. Um, and then it looks at your digestion and absorption ability of your body. Um, and then it looks at immunity within the, like your immune response within your intestines and also inflammation. So it tells you, oh, and one other marker, which is my favorite to get people off of wheat, <laughs> it's anti-gliadin. So if you test high in anti-gliadin, uh, we tell people they should be on a gluten-free diet. Wow. So I, all of this stuff has got me in a whirlwind and I'm kind of spinning. <laughs> and you're, 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 you're talking about things that, you know, not a lot of us have a whole lot of um, idea of what, what it is that, sure. um, that, that stirs up in our stomach and what we're putting in our, in our bodies sure. uh, day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Now, to maybe help alleviate some of that or put it or set us in a, in a different direction, sure. um, what nutritional ideal places should I be going and what direction should I be taking the things that I be, uh, I'm, I'm ingesting or I'm eating day in, day sure. out? So, you know, every person is different. And that's, you know, one thing that uh, the man who taught my course, Chris Kresser, just, you know, kept driving home time and time again, is there is not just a one size fits all diet, as far as you know, what's appropriate for everybody, it really depends on your individual needs, your activity, what your body can tolerate. But I will with saying that I will say that most people can do extremely well with some form of uh, paleo type of diet. And, you know, many right. people so, know what that means, but some people don't, right? Right. So that, well, I'm, I, that's what I'm kind of figuring. Not everybody kind of understands with that. So if you could give us like five things you could eat sure. from a paleo sure. diet. So just, just to um, summarize what a paleo diet is, it's basically looking at what our ancestors ate before we had 7-Elevens, before we had stop and shops, before we had every single, <laughs> you know, item at our fingertips. And not only just looking at what they ate, but how they lived, that they didn't eat all the time. They didn't have food available to them 24 hours a day. You know, there, it, there right. was a lot of feast and famine. And so, you know, fasting is part of a paleolithic type of lifestyle where we go, you know, I think I told you I've been so busy all day. I didn't eat my first meal till three o'clock. Well, you know, that's actually really good for our bodies to take that rest and let our bodies, our digestive systems take a rest and not work all the time. Cause you know, I think, I think it was probably, um, Originally, it was cereal uh, cereal manufacturers who said, "Make sure you eat. Breakfast is, you know, the most important meal of the day." And you know, a lot right. of people like bought that for years and years. Like, you got to wake up, you got to start your metabolism, or it's actually not true. You know, our bodies thrive really? on fasting. Thrive like it gives us so much rest. We're able to rebuild. We're able to reset. We're able to train our body to. Um, focus on fat for fuel rather than sugar, which is a lot of us are, you know, on this like sugar roller coaster, carbohydrate roller coaster where, you know, our blood sugar is high and then we have this insulin response and then our blood sugar goes below what's normal. And then we get this hypoglycemic response and we're hungry all over again. So, you know, I call it like the blood sugar roller coaster. Yeah, definitely a roller coaster. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we can all relate at times, you know. So what, what the Paleolithic diet does is it, you know, creates this sort of space for us to have time to not eat. And when we do eat, we're not eating foods that our grandparents didn't have, that our great grandparents didn't have, that, you know, we're using fats like extra virgin olive oil and coconut oil. We're not using like the highly processed vegetable oils like 
um, you know, canola oil or uh, soybean oil or, you know, corn oil, things like that we're staying away from. We're using good other fats like olives and avocados and coconuts and, you know, different coconut products like the coconut milks. We're use, eating a lot of vegetables. Most of our plate is vegetables loaded with lots of good fats on them. And we're not eating meats that are uh, grown from, uh, you know, CAFO uh, types of farms where, you know, they're, they're, the animals are kind of on top of each other and they're fed grains that are genetically modified. So we're eating more like grass-fed meats, pasture-raised meats, you know, cows that got to graze on the grass that they're outside and chickens that are pecking at the earth that aren't in cages. So all like the quality of meat is really important. And in a paleo diet, protein is not over-accentuated. A lot of people think that paleo diets have quote unquote, a lot of meat in it. And it really doesn't. It's very moderate. It's like 20, 25% of your diet. Um, So it's, but, but quality matters with meat. And I would say, you know, on average, I I recommend at least 50% of your diet as fat. And then depending on your activity level is your carbohydrates, but we're not looking at uh, grains for carbohydrates. We're looking at starchy vegetables like sweet potato and taro and yucca and things like um, butternut squash and acorn squash and spaghetti squash. So we're not getting our carbohydrates from pasta. We're not getting it from pizza. We're not getting it from baked goods or rice. Like a, a, the, all of that stuff was post agriculture times. It didn't exist for our ancestors. So I have a, a question here and um, I was trying to, you, you hadn't mentioned fasting and I was wondering what's an ideal time for us to be fasting? Um, what do we look like, uh, look like for a, like day to day as a, as a time frame to uh, train your body, as you mentioned, to um, uh, avoid those crashes with the sugar and those, and, 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 and that situation. Yeah, so good question. So, I like people, and of course, this doesn't happen overnight. And you know, I've been I've been sort of promoting um, intermittent fasting for years now. Like when I worked with your mom, I worked it into my different programs that I offered there. So ideally, I like to work up to approximately sixteen hours of fasting and eating for about eight hours. So that would be, for example, that would be, you know, say you finished eating the night before at 7 p.m., then you wouldn't eat again until like 11 a.m. the next. Is my math right? Seven to four. Yeah. So or or you could do yeah. like an eight, eight o'clock the night before till 12 the next day. Okay. Wow. So yeah. And, and how I recommend doing that is building up to it. You don't do it overnight. You know, you've. Yeah, you don't. You just don't flip the switch, and now you're, you know, trying to do this to your body because your body is probably going to really like reject that exactly. idea. Exactly. Like you'd get really hungry and you'd crash. So you've got to. And the reason to do all this is to help your body become what we call fat adapted, where you're burning through fat and not through sugar. So um, even my my youngest daughter has noticed that this fall with all the fat that she's been eating, that she doesn't wake up hungry. She actually takes her breakfast to school every day where she used to eat it before she went to school. Um, so I, I recommend by spending a good week of, you know, trying to eat at least 50% fat. And then after doing that for about a week, then I recommend say you, so James, tell me what you do. What time do you stop eating the night before approximately? And then what time do you start eating the next day? Okay. This is, this is a great thing. Cause this is what I was thinking okay. about as well. Um, and then, uh, with the, with, with my answer, I have, okay. I have a follow-up. So, um, I typically eat dinner around, um, I don't know, between anywhere from mm-hmm. seven and eight. And then um, I usually, to be honest with you, I, I've not been eating okay. breakfast. So what I'll do is I'll uh, I'll boil some eggs in the morning and then I'll take them with me on the way out. And I won't eat that until, I don't know, maybe 10, 1030, maybe 11, okay. somewhere around there. 
and then I'm not hungry again until I, I would say about two thirty, three o'clock, and that's when my body's really craving something of some real substance, something with uh, um, you know, a lot more fats and a lot more carbohydrates okay. and uh, things that I, I, I mean, more of quality food. So once I eat about then, I don't have a problem until um, till closer to like five thirty, six o'clock when my body's really looking for its last okay. meal for okay. the day. So right now you're going probably around eight-ish. After dinner, do you not snack that much after dinner or do you have a little dessert or something else closer to bedtime? Oh, do I have a serious problem with snacking? That it's just I I don't know if that'll ever go away, but I have a serious problem with snacking. So would so. you say that you stop eating at eight o'clock, or would you say you stop eating at more like ten, eleven o'clock? Uh, probably ten, eleven o'clock. As far as my yeah, snacking those, is those concerned, snacks. yeah, it's so ten, it's, eleven it's o'clock. Like when is the last time you're eating? Period. Not which meal, because just period. Yep. Uh. <laughs> Then, then, then I'm terrible. Give me, give me about a probably like ten hours between meals or, or between the, the time I've ingested food. Okay. Probably about ten okay. hours or so. so. So ten hours. It's not horrible, but basically, so if we look at our glycogen stores, which is where we store our glucose, um, our glycogen is stored in our muscles and in our liver. Those glycogen stores are. Uh, not depleted until anywhere between eight and 10 hours, depending on who we are metabolically as a person, how active we are, how much muscle mass we have. Like it depends on a lot of things. So somewhere between eight and 10 hours. So that's what we're trying to go for is we're trying to deplete our glycogen stores so that our body is is just totally relying on fats for energy so you're you're just making it you're just making it where your body's just about to start to switch to being utilize utilizing fats for energy but then you start eating again so um but you know you are eating protein which is a little bit better than eating say pancakes or a bagel um so at least you're doing that so so for someone like you i would try to get you to just eat more fats throughout the day i would try to curb that later night eating and then eventually work up instead of 10 o'clock for breakfast 15 minutes every day every every couple of days trying to delay your your first meal of the day until you reach somewhere around noon so you see how I do that slowly? Yeah, I see you. I uh so you keep saying uh I should try to eat more fats. Mm. Now what what fats should I yeah, be eating? So um I try to do at least two tablespoons of coconut oil day a day and at least two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil a day. And that's minimum. Um so those are just your oils. And I always accompany the oils with vegetables because vegetables have lots of fat soluble vitamins in it and it really needs they really need fat in order to be fully absorbed. Um and you know for optimal absorption you need that fat and then we could totally utilize what we bring into our bodies so um you know say for example uh, sauteing vegetables in coconut oil or eating a salad with lots of extra virgin olive oil and some sort of vinegar that you like or make your own salad dressing i always tell people don't buy the salad dressings in the grocery store they're all loaded with canola and soybean oil um so making your own Eating lots of olives, I, I love to snack on a variety of different kinds of olives. We eat avocados, you know, like they're going out of style at our house. Um, avocado a day, at least a half an avocado a day is wonderful. Different coconut milks, you could cook with coconut milk, you can blend coconut milks in, in smoothies. Um, I like the coconut milk that's in a can because it has a higher fat content. Um, try to buy coconut milk that doesn't have all sorts of additives to it, that it's just really got the coconut and, and maybe some water. Um, so yeah, those, those are probably my favorite fats right there. That's, that's awesome. I was just thinking to myself, uh, you know, besides olives and, uh, avocados and, uh, like coconut milk, I was trying to think of what else that I could like pick up 
and while I do my grocery shopping as far as fats, because I remember when I talked to you and we, I had, I was discussing with you about a diet and you, you had put me on this uh, protein based diet and it really, really changed my body. And it really, really prevented, prevented me from being hungry all the time every day. And I just really enjoy that diet because I didn't feel like I was eating a, a whole lot of food in a given sitting yeah. each time. And now, um, when when I go out and I eat now, I just don't feel like I need to um, have this massive amount of meal. Uh, so I, I it kind of reverberates back now, and I use I use some of that stuff uh, now and today with my diet and the things I'm eating now, just because I know that uh, if I can stay away from putting food in my mouth, then I won't necessarily put on the unnecessary weight that I would I, I'm looking at to do so. That so that brings me to my next question: Is it three big meals or several small meals a day, or you know how does that work? I know you said no breakfast, so after ten ten o'clock when your body's, or I should yeah. say eleven or twelve when your body's kind of looking for something, what am I? Yeah. What is an ideal thing I should be so, looking for to eat? Good, or, good question. So what I do is I end up kind of skipping breakfast, but I haven't always done that. When I first started doing this. I would like when I worked, you know, in the office with your mom, as I, um, I would bring a smoothie with me. And when I got hungry around 11, 12 o'clock, I would eat my smoothie. And then I'd kind of eat my lunch right after that. Well, now I really am just eating, um, two meals a day. I usually won't eat my lunch until like 12 or one, and then I'll eat dinner. So I'm not recommending that everyone should skip a meal. I really think you should listen to your body. I think what's more important is just having whichever meals you have in that, you know, seven, eight hour window, whatever it ends up being. Um, and so, you know, some of my favorite things to eat are, you know, the pasture raised eggs and all. That's oftentimes one of my first meals of the day is sauteing onions and coconut oil with or grass fed butter and, you know, lots of different onions. And then I'll throw different vegetables in like kale or broccoli, I like sun dried tomatoes, and I'll make a frittata. Um, put some grass-fed cheese in there. And sometimes what I'll do is make a bigger one so I have leftovers for other days so I don't have to recreate the wheel every day. That's that's fantastic. That's uh, That gives a lot of people, including myself, a, a great direction as far as, you know, what we should and shouldn't be doing as far as our our diet. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about, about, uh, this nutritional thing that you're on is mm. intestinal health. Now you had mentioned earlier about people, you know, maybe about one in three people have an IBS. I know I, I, I I'm hearing radio ads and seeing it on TV and all this other yeah. stuff all over the place. Now, to my understanding, the, the little bit of reading I did on intestinal health, it's, it kind of starts with the food yeah. that you're putting into your body. And I and I don't I'm forgive me if I'm guessing right or wrong here is that uh, some of it has to do with the, uh, the this paleo diet that so, you're talking yeah. about, right? So basically, everything we put in our mouth um, is going to cause an inflammatory response or is going to decrease inflammation. The carbohydrates that we put into our mouth are either going to feed our good gut bacteria or going to feed our bad uh, gut bacteria. So, you know, I think that it probably goes without saying, but things that are high in sugar, things that are high in processed carbohydrates, you know, the wheats, the, the snack foods, the chips, the sodas, the high fructose corn syrup, the um, pretzels, you know, the things that are like void of nutrients are feeding our bad bacteria. And the things that are feeding our good bacteria are vegetables, <laughs> are, um, you know, uh, sweet potatoes and, you know, good fruits and stuff like that. So feeding, you know, there, there's certain things that happen in life that can lend us to have a good microbiome or can have a bad microbiome. And honestly, it all starts at birth. It, when you're in utero, when you're in mama's belly, uh, we all have uh, sterile guts, which means we have no bacteria. Okay. So 
the first time we're exposed to bacteria is going through the birth canal. So we go through mama's birth canal and hopefully she's in good shape and her body's secreting beneficial bacteria. I've recently had the pleasure, and I say pleasure because I'm such a geek when it comes to intestinal health, but I had the pleasure of doing stool tests to three generations, grandma, her daughter, grandma, her daughter, (laughs) and then the granddaughter. And can I tell you, like they say we inherit on our mother's side, the gut bacteria, their microbiome was so similar. It was crazy it was crazy. oh my heart so the, I, the fact that you're so excited about playing hey, with people's I stools, stools and... i just get the reports <laughs> <laughs> let's be clear about this james <laughs> uh, but anyways, that's so, too yeah, funny so we go through the birth canal and mama secretes bacteria and we hope that it's good bacteria so we, we go through and you wow. know, we're swallowing it. We're swallowing it as we go through. And then if we're lucky enough, our mama breastfeeds us, okay? And breast milk, especially that initial breast milk, the colostrum, contains prebiotic fiber. Um, so we used to not really understand why we had this uh, colostrum, why milk didn't just come in right away. But through research, we've discovered that it contains like a central prebiotic fiber and prebiotics feed the good gut bacteria. And so what it helps our bodies do is establish this amazing microbiome from the beginning. So, and then if you're also lucky, you, you don't get any antibiotics at birth. Um, and then that's like the best way to start off life in, uh, contrast, the worst way to start off life is mama's not so healthy. She has a high sugar diet. She doesn't have very good gut bacteria and you inherit hers. Okay. Through the birth canal. Or if mama had trouble, uh, giving birth and unfortunately ended up with a C-section, then you don't get to inherit good or bad her gut bacteria going through. And so you kind of like have to start off from, from nothing. And, and you just, you know, you end up getting some bacteria in cause it's just going to happen, but you're not inheriting that bacteria during childbirth. So what they're actually doing now, and some people gross out at this, but they've noticed now that if they take a swab, a vaginal swab to the mama, even though she's not, uh, given vaginal birth, they take a swab and after the baby is out, from a C-section, they'll take that swab and inoculate the inside of the uh, baby's mouths with the bacteria so that um, the baby is exposed to bacteria. Yeah, pretty cool. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is, I, 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 I wasn't sure where you were going with that. And then, <laughs> and then, and then here we are. And I'm just like, yeah. well then. So um, I want to, I want to do a quick, uh sure. five quick questions uh quick uh quick uh quick answers if you would um yeah i'm ready so you ready all right um one what is the best piece of nutritional uh, advice you can give fat and fiber help you feel full i love it um what helps a poor appetite what helps a poor appetite like what if someone does can't doesn't feel like they want to eat Yes. Exercise. Exercise. Great. <laughs> um, vitamins. What should I be taking or should I be taking them at all? Yeah, for sure. You know, I would say one of the vitamins that I most recommend for those of us who live north of North Carolina uh, is <laughs> vi- vitamin D- D3 with K2 combined. Like I, I highly recommend supplementing it with it from November to April. Um, uh, that's a must in my house that that's awesome um foods that i should try to stay away from things you should try to stay away from uh i if i had to blanket statement that one i would say wheat because that's going to keep you away from a lot of things wheat that are okay. bad for you mm-hmm. like and, if you think about it i ask people if they eat wheat i don't eat that much wheat oh but i eat pizza oh but i eat pasta like people don't realize how we how ubiquitous wheat is ambiguous i like that ubiquitous yep (laughs) which means it's everywhere (laughs) and uh last one uh the best way to approach a diet 
with forgiveness. With Forget- forgiveness. Yep. Forget- with, yep. Because I think that so many people set the the bar really high and they think like, you know, they, they, they set it so high that they end up setting themselves up for failure. And so just realizing that it doesn't have to all be black and white, that you can just do your best every day, do your best. I love that. I love that. Uh, speaking of uh, doing your best, um, I was wondering, do you find it hard to switch from mother to partner to business person? Like, is there a, is there a, is there a, uh, a, a an example that you use, a type that you use? Is there something that you're doing? I, I mean, because I, I think about it now as, as I'm trying to do the things that I'm trying to do yep. and trying to make time or sit, uh, separate myself from one um, one topic or one area oh, to another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting because those those lines do blur for me. You know, I I can't help but offer it, it like the nutrition role comes bleeds into my love life, into my life with my children. Like it can't not, right. Like it's just part of me and part of yeah. who I am. And, yeah. um, and, and, you know, therefore like I've been with my partner three years now, like his triglycerides have dropped from one fifty to 50. Like his life has totally changed. Like I think he was on a trajectory of possibly having heart disease and, and, wow. you know, and he's not now like he's, He's, he's not like perfectly healthy, but boy, has he made like some major life transitions. And I guess the women in our life make our, make the difference of our health, don't they? Yeah, well, hopefully, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can hope so. <laughs> yeah, that's what we all hope for, that the women in our life are the ones that uh, benefit our li- our health much yeah. more. For sure. So, so yeah. And then, you know, I homeschooled my kids for many years, but I wasn't practicing nutrition. So, you know, that, that part of my nutrition knowledge, like, you know, it always bled into, into my family life. So, um, so I don't feel like, I feel like I'm always wearing the same hat. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like you're the same hat, whether you're a mother or partner or a businesswoman, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, that means you're, equally stable across the board and people can rely on you um with 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 that and that then that asked and the the question i want to ask is working for yourself do you what do you do from keep being distracted like if those two three things you know being a mother being a partner being a business person Mm -hmm. uh, i'm sure there's distractions that pop up do you you know do you do you recognize them and you see any roadblocks yeah yeah good question i um I'll say like, you know, if my, my kids are generally at school all day, so I do try to do the majority of my work when they're not here. So I'm not distracted. And, you know, some people say when they work at home, they get distracted. They've got to do this, that, and the other thing. But I actually find the opposite. I focus so hard on what I'm doing that I like, will sometimes forget to exercise. Like people who work at work at an office, they come home and oftentimes their duties end. So they could go work out. They could go do this. Like I have to, I find myself like having to, you know, set alarms to jump rope or say at 12 o'clock, I'm going for taking a break for the day and going for a hike or something like that. So, um, I don't find myself easily distracted with my work. I actually just get so involved in it. And next thing I know that like day's almost over. So uh, if anything, I have to just try to pull myself away from it. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, I, I, I can completely agree with you with that. Um, sometimes you you get so focused on your projects and the things that you got going on that's uh, pointing you and your and your goals and in a direction that you uh kind of um you kind of aren't distracted but you are uh neglecting the other things that you need to do in your day um and so that brings me to my next question of uh you know, what helps you stay focused on your goals? I know you have the things that you need to do day to day, but your long-term goals or your short-term goals, I mean, how does, how do you stay motivated or how do you stay on that path? Yeah. So I, um, I am constantly challenging myself to dig deeper into my current set of knowledge. Like I took this class 
and I learned a bunch, but you know, I, I totally think that at least the way my brain works is like, I reach a certain saturation of knowledge and then I need to sit on it for a while and then I can reread it. And then I, I take more from it and more from it every single time. So my goal, um, this next year is to go through my entire uh, curriculum all over again, especially now that I've been practicing this particular, you know, functional medicine for the past year and a half and see like what else I can gain from that because I know that I'm going to look at it with a whole different eye now that I've been doing it for a while. So, um, you know, it's kind of my goal to, to go through this whole program all over again. And I, I have a, um, colleague who I actually studied with and we've done it from time to time. Like we say, okay, let's review, you know, B12 methylation issues and, you know, let's review it in the next couple of weeks. And then let's talk in a couple of weeks and we go over it together. So it's nice to like have a study buddy with me to like hold me accountable for making sure I review that material. It helps you to stay motivated, helps you stay focused, helps you stay online with the goals yeah. that you have in place, makes you and keeps your skills sharp too. Totally. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if you, <laughs> I think one of the reasons that I think you and my mother got along so well is that I, I believe that you guys are just uh, insatiable about knowledge and, yep. and, and uh, the embetterment of yourself and people around you. And I know for a fact that, you know, once my mother feels like she's exercised everything that she could with that one specific topic, she's looking for something else. She's looking for yep. her next goal, her next her next idea. So that begs sure. to bring the question to you is what is your next goal? Where's your next step? And what are you trying to do to get towards that? Yeah. So I took, um, the course that I took was a, called adapt level one. And, um, I am sort of anxiously awaiting, um, Chris Cresser to release the next level of his course because um, there's definitely a little bit of a hole in my knowledge um, as far as you know the full body goes. You know, I lack with uh, sex hormone health, and I'm really excited to learn more about that so that I can help people with that. So, you know, I'm just kind of waiting for him to release the program, and I feel pretty committed. If I don't take it the take his the first time he offers it, I'll definitely be taking it the second time because, of course, it's you know got a pretty large cost associated with it. So I'll have to uh, look at the finance. Sure. Yeah. But um, sure. yeah, continuing education, it's like, you know, I'm constantly listening to podcasts on nutrition and, um, you know, podcasts are great, aren't podcasts they? Podcasts are wonderful. There's so many awesome experts out there. And, and there, there's so many people with, so, yeah, there's so many people with so many good things to say. Yeah. And, with, and uh, you can do it in the car. And since I, you know, live in two different places, three hours away, I got a lot of car time. <laughs> Yeah. How's your, uh, how's your, um, um, what, what did I used to call that thing? Uh, how's your, your battery operated vehicle? <laughs> my Prius. It's lovely. Let me tell you, I was okay. talking about it with my daughter today and she goes, how could you go from a Prius to anything else? I said, nothing when I'm living in, you know, from between Massachusetts and Maine, nothing like this. Yeah. Have for sure. Yeah. Definitely having a vehicle that can, uh, take those kind of drives long distance. Yep. Uh, definitely makes a big thing. So before we get out of here, I like to kind of do a couple of little, three little questions I have there, a uh, little bit of fun. So uh, what is it like working for you? Oh, goodness. What is it like working for me? Well, I guess it's pretty, it's pretty easy going. Like, you know, I try to be forgiving of myself when I make mistakes. I try to to be honest with people about where I lack in my knowledge. And I think at the end of the day, I feel good for working for me because I'm, I'm an honest upfront person who really just cares to help people. And, um, and I feel like I give my all. And when I don't know something, I research it or I try to find other resources that can help me. So, you know, I, I I like to fall asleep at nighttime. And if I haven't given my all to people, <laughs> then I can't. Like the other the other day, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, shoot, how come I didn't make that recommendation for that person? Like, it's always on my mind. You know what I mean? Like, I, 
that that's fantastic that is amazing i i you know what that is a great sign that this shows that you really really enjoy your job and you really are looking out for the people around you so I can't, I mean, I mean, I can't even say it's a job. I, I yeah. can't even say it's a career. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, it's just something that you love doing. Totally. So um, speaking of jobs and careers, do you ever think you can go back to a traditional job? Do I have any additional jobs? No, traditional job. Oh. Do you think you can go back to a traditional oh, job? Oh, goodness, no, no, no. I've gotten so spoiled <laughs> between like working at home and be and between like helping people all over the world from all different cultures. Like, honestly, this is this is the best job. And you know, could could I earn more money? Sure. Like, could you know? There's always something that could be better, but um. This job is just wonderful. It brings me true joy and happiness. I love it. Oh, that's 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 all I could ever want for anybody to feel what you're feeling about what they're doing with their lives and how impactful you are being with the thing that you really love and you really care about. Like if you really think about it, you're just you're just doing something that you really enjoy yeah, and the 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 aroma and the energy that is coming from that is is enormous because I I can feel it from here I can feel your excitement <laughs> I can feel your joy I can feel your passion and that's amazing and that's all I ever want for anybody out there so as the people that are sitting here are listening to this and you listen to Danielle as she speaks to these things uh, she was one of the first people to help me get in the mindset of uh, creating a vision board and to uh, writing down things that I wanted in life and being specific about those things and not lying to yourself and saying, oh, I want a new car. But if you want a new car, say the name of the car, the make, the model, the whole nine, be more specific about it. So in my last question, I I always ask this, this is just a little fun question I like to ask is um, room, desk or car, which one do you clean first? Room, desk or car, room. Why your room? Oh goodness, because I spend so much time and I sleep in it every night. And my my car yesterday was the first time I cleaned it in a while. Like things were getting to me. Um, and desk, I don't even use my desk, so it kind of stays clean. <laughs> I, I I sit on my couch, <laughs> dining room table. So yeah, I, I never even sit at my desk. Ironically enough, <laughs> which maybe I should. Wow. I should sit at my desk sometime. You know, I think I. I think it's got like my old desktop computer on it and I don't use that. So maybe if I clean all that off and make some space on there, that would be, cause that's where the comfiest chair in the house is. I should sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> so. You should. Yeah. Maybe you're going to have to dust off that yeah. desk and uh, rearrange it and uh, spend a little more time behind yeah, that. That's not a bad idea. It's funny. I think just being at home, like I have, this inviting, beautiful, large sectional sofa. It's like, oh yeah, I want to sit on there. It's comfortable. <laughs> I I know the feeling. I kind of feel like I should be sitting at my on my couch and doing this at the same time. But um, I sit in front of my desk and I sit here and I constantly like brainstorming. I'm constantly writing things down, being inspired and being yeah. inspired by something, and. I, I find myself, if I'm sitting on the couch that I need to be watching TV. So um, I tell you what, during this process, when I'm doing all these things, I turn off the TV, I turn off the radio, I turn off my, like, I put my cell phone off to the side and all I'm doing is focusing on this. And it just kind of makes me realize that uh, the more energy and time and the effort you put into these things, the more success you're going to have with it. And it's just, it's, I can't tell you how much of it, of the dividends is paying by doing that. And I can see that with you too, Danielle. And I'm like, I'm, I keep saying this and I, I'm going to keep saying this, but I'm really, really, really honored that I've been able to meet you and, and to have you here on the show today. And it's just really awesome. Thanks James. I, I think nothing about wonderful things of you as well. And I'm glad that we were, had this chance and excuse to reconnect and chat. So um, I, I do miss our, our weekly talks in the office and, uh, 
I look upon them and, you know, I'll never forget. I still have it on a piece of paper. Remember, remember the saying? So James, James was present when I started falling in love with my sweetheart. And, um, I think I said, Oh, I'm trying to keep my feet on the ground. And I, I don't have the quote in front of me, but I think it's somewhere in the depths of my purse. And it's, he said, you know, sometimes you just got to let your sails open up and let the wind, let the the wind take your sails, you know, keep them open, let the wind take your sails and fly away. (laughs) And, and that just meant so much to me. I remember I was like, James, what did you say? I have to write that down. That was so cool. (laughs) And so, you know, it's basically like, yeah, get, get swept away. Take, let the momentum take you, like take advantage of that good momentum and go with it. Well, I'm glad that uh, I was able to help you, inspire you in a direction, and especially with with the success and the direction you are taking with your life. I wish you nothing but happiness Aww. and joy in the yes. moment. Happiness and joy That's in right. the moment, constantly and consistently. So, <laughs> yes, ma'am. All right. Well, uh, I'm I'm gonna end it okay. here. So, thank, thank you, you, James. So, Danielle, can you tell my listeners where they can uh, reach you? Sure. They can find me on my website, eaglevisionnutrition.com. That's probably the best place, and my email's on there. So, eaglevisionnutrition.com. Really want to thank Danielle for being on the show. Uh, It's always a pleasure to talk with her and to pick her brain about all things food, all things nutrition. She's a great source for anybody that has any questions about anything nutritionist based. Um, don't forget to go check out her website, eaglevisionnutrition.com. Um, go there, be active, send her a message, tell her James sent you. Oh, yeah, guys, don't forget to do the social media thing. Uh, Subscribe, like, retweet, post. Do all that stuff that you're supposed to do for social media. Uh, Help me grow. Helps you grow. I want to hear from you. I want to talk to you. Let's do it. Remember, folks, you're the only one that is ever getting in your way to do anything good in your life. Stay on your path. Stay focused. Stay within your lane, knowing that you can do it, because I believe in you, and so should you. So until next time, guys, focus for you.